Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Last spring, actually, we took a group of about 15 people to, uh, to Honduras on a mission trip. And here's a picture. You can see these guys were in the airport. We're getting ready to, uh, to leave and to go on that trip. And uh, while we were on that trip, we worked very, very hard. It was very, it's very hot in Honduras. You're close to the equator, closest to the equator, and it's very hot. And so we would go down and work in the, the poorest of poor areas. But thank God, on the, uh, at evening, the evening time would come. We actually went to a house of a man who had built a house on a mountain, and, and he had built these apartments underneath his house so missionaries could come and stay. And he had a swimming pool there in that area as well. And so uh, one evening, we were all standing down by that pool after we had worked, and, and everybody sort of got cleaned up. We were just all sort of standing around down there. And there's this young lady that was on our trip with, her, her name, with us. Her name was Hannah Woodson, and this is her picture. Uh, with, uh, she was working with some team members there. But, but this evening, she was standing around the pool. And when I went by her, I don't know, I, don't, I can't explain this, but something came over me, and I pushed her right in the pool. <laughs> As she come up out of the water, just shocked that her pastor would do something like that, she come up out of the water, and, you know, I just see her now just coming up out of the water like this, you know. She comes up out of the water, and she says, Pastor... She says, I know there was a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other, and you listen to the devil. I said, no, Hannah, honey, the angel didn't show up. <laughs> you ever had days like that? I mean, where it's like, listen, you know, I mean, you're tempted, and, and it doesn't seem like the angel's showing up. You know, you're not doing his job. It's just like you got two devils on each other. Do it, you know, and you push them in the pool. And, uh, and so... Today I want to talk to you about that. Uh, we're doing the prayer of Jabez, and, and what's so important about this prayer is at the end of this prayer, he begins to talk about, Lord, keep us from evil. So let's just look at the prayer again. First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10 says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, You are a pain. Okay, that's Jeff's translation. That's basically what it said. Because I bore him in pain, she named him pain. So the next thing we see is Jabez grows up and he learns his prayer. Look what he says. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would what? Bless me indeed. And enlarge my, that your hand would be with me. Now let's all read what's underlined. You ready? And that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And the Bible says, so God granted him what he requested. And you know, that is, that is a challenge today because Let's just face it. When we give in to evil, when we give in to sin, it causes pain. The greatest pain is that it causes you is the pain of regret. You regret having done that. And then also, many times, when we give in to evil or we give in to sin, we do things and it affects other people in our lives as well. And, and it hurts them and causes them pain. And then most importantly, it, the greatest pain of all is the heart of God. It hurts God's heart when we sin and we do evil. Now, if you are a parent today, you understand that. That when you have children and they do things that, that, are, that, are, that are sinful or evil, it causes you pain. It hurts your heart. 
And so that's the way our Heavenly Father is. It hurts his heart. So today, I want us to remember the last part of this prayer. I hope that you've committed it to memory. We've been praying it for 21 days. But I hope that you remember this last part. And we're going to lean into it today. So it's coming up on the screen. So if you don't mind, would you just look at the screen with me? And let's all read this last part together and say it out loud. Let's do it right now. You ready? Come on. Here we go. Lord, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And that is our prayer. We don't, want, we don't want to cause ourselves more pain. We don't want to cause other people more pain. And we don't want to cause God pain. So we have to ask for God's help to do that. And that was part of Jabez's prayer. So today I want to talk to you about how to resist temptation. Because would you agree with me that we're all tempted at times? Would everybody agree with that? I mean, let's just go ahead and say we're, we're all tempted, right? All of us are tempted. We all, everyone has to have things that we're tempted to do that is not right, that is wrong in God's eyes, and sometimes can even be considered evil. We're all tempted with that. And so today, I want to give you some three things today that I think are going to help you do that. And so the first one I'd like to give you, how to resist temptation, number one, would you write this down, is guard your heart. Amen. Guard your heart. I know in the Bible we hear the word, you know, as a pastor, say, you know, uh, God wants to save your soul, wants to touch your heart. God wants your heart. And, and I know that for many of us, we don't understand that because when we think of heart, we're thinking about this organ inside of us that's going, boom, you know, pumping blood through our system. And, and so when we think about a heart, we think about that. And when we think about God, you know, touching a heart or something's wrong with our heart in a spiritual sense, it's hard to grasp that. So I'd like to break that down for you. You see, where, where your heart is, is your deepest sense of you. It's your identity. It's, and so this is where, where your thinking, your mind, and your, your feelings, your emotions, and then your will, the, the will to move, to want to do this. It's like where they all come together is right there in your heart. So it's, a, it's the deepest part of you. So in order for you to do something, you've got to think about it, you've got to feel it, and then you've got to act on it, which is your will, and that's when it becomes part of your heart. So let me explain it to you. All of us in this room, we, we recognize that we all have desires that are not right. We all have desires that, that, you know, if we let ourselves go, it would be sinful and evil if we did that. Every one of us, okay? Well, let's agree that. And so, so what happens is when we start wanting, when evil, when we're tempted with evil, what, what does it start? It starts with a thought, right? Yes. I mean, like, it really starts, it starts with a thought. And, like, maybe you've been bullied a little bit. You know, maybe someone has, has blasted you on social media, or maybe they said it to your face or something, and you want to get them back. You know, you're like, heck no, you ain't doing it. I'm going to do that. I'll get you. And you start thinking about it, right? You start, when you start thinking about it, then all of a sudden you start feeling a little bit of anger. Am I, is anybody tracking with me? Okay, you start feeling a little more ticked off, and the more you think about it, the, the more difficulty, the hotter on the collar you get, Right? And then all of a sudden, before you know it, all of a sudden, you, you're starting to, before you can even think about it, you're starting to lean into action. I mean, you're starting to all of a sudden make a plan, and you're going into action. And before you know it, bam, you done busted somebody. <laughs> okay, never mind. That's just in my world. <laughs> Done it again. So, if we're not careful, here's what I want to tell you. That temptation will overtake you. When you give your mind to it, so you, you start thinking about it, then you start feeling it. And when you start feeling it, many times you start fantasizing about it. And then before you know it, your body automatically, it's, it's, it's like it automatically goes into motion. Your will takes over. And before you know it, you're doing things that you didn't think you would do. And here's the problem. When it gets into your heart, that means all of a sudden it becomes a habit. And it becomes a part of who you are. It may, it's like, okay, 
you know, you didn't just think about uh, doing something anymore. That's what you do. And it's wrong. And so temptation can overtake you and overtake your life. And you find yourself doing things you never thought you would do. Why? Because it started with a thought. And that's exactly how it works. So, uh, so, the, so temptation does start with, with our thinking process. We all agree with that. It starts with a thought. Now, people have asked me this question, and I've asked this question myself. Is, is a thought a sin? No. You cannot help the thoughts that come through your mind, can you? I mean, how many of you would say, you know what, I've had a horrible, ugly, dirty thought go through my mind before when I didn't even want to? Anybody beside me? Wait a minute, I'm seeing who the liars are in this room. How many, anybody beside me? Let me see. Come on, yeah, let's get honest, yes. Some of you have dirty thoughts while you're in church. That's right. Some of you are thinking, you know what, I'd like to have an egg right now and throw it on that pastor. I know your thoughts. That's right. Some of you think, some of you think sometimes, now what would it be like if I threw something at him, right? So you think of something. We don't, don't you do that. <laughs> so anyway, you know, we have those thoughts. And here's what I want to tell you. A thought is not a sin. You can't keep them. Let me tell you something. I've had bad thoughts when I've been praying before. I've been reading my Bible, doing what I'm supposed to do, and I have a bad thought. Anybody else in this room? When you're trying, matter of fact, when you're sitting in church hearing a sermon or you're reading the Bible or you're praying, it's amazing. And when you have that thought, you feel so dirty, don't you? Like, oh, God, no, Lord, no, I really, I didn't mean that. I didn't, right? I mean, you're like, oh, no, because it, it come out of nowhere. You're like, and you feel guilty for God, and that's the devil's plan. If he can get in your head and get you to feeling guilty all the time, you'll never go to God. Amen. See how it works? And so we have to understand that that's not it. So you can't keep a thought from coming in your mind, but it's like a bird, you know, like this picture coming up here. A bird, <laughs> a bird you can't keep from flying over your head, but you can't keep from it landing and building a nest in your hair, right? And I, by the way, I don't have that problem, but anyway, some of you do. You know, you, a bird, you, you can't keep the bird from there, but you don't have to let it stay on your head, right? You can shoo it away. And that's exactly the way you shoo a thought away is that you change your thinking. You start thinking about something else. So look what the Bible says here. And uh, Psalms 19 and 14 says this. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my what? Heart. heart. That's the deepest thinking of you, will, desire. The meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So here's what I want to tell you. Meditation is when you choose your thoughts. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. You, you can't choose a thought when it comes in, but you can choose to dwell on it. See what I'm talking about? You, have to, you, can, you can't choose what comes through your mind, but you can choose what stays there. And so, listen, if you want to know somebody, if you really want to know a person, then, then you just listen to what they talk about. Because the Bible says, from, the, from your mouth, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? In other words, what's really in your heart is going to come out. So if a person, like, if a person, uh, you know, loves money, then you're going to hear them talk about money all the time. If the person loves the bulldogs, that's all they're going to talk about. <laughs> and I think that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, all right, if a person loves Jesus, that's what they're going to talk about. So what's in a person's heart is going to come out. And so that's why you can, that's why you can tell what's in a person's heart is what comes out of their mouth. So we have to be careful what we think about and what we talk about because that's who we're going to become, right? That's who we're going to become. Now, 
So I want to tell you, so we think, and then we feel, and then we act. We think, then we feel, and then we act. And the actions that we begin to take gets into our heart, and then we become that person. It's what's in our heart. Now, I want to share this with you, is that God hates sin. You know why? Because sin separates you. Would you agree with me that when you've got a friend and they've done something against you, they sinned, they, they said something about you, uh, they did something horrible and said something about you. When they did that, all of a sudden that separated you. Would you agree with that? Yeah. You were close. I mean, you were buddy-buddy, but then they talked about your mama. Amen. Oh, boy, don't talk about mama. I don't know. It's okay for people to talk about everybody's daddy, but boy, when it comes to mama. I remember my daughter saying one time that someone had said something uh, about uh, me. And she said, you know, it's all right. You can say something about my dad, but don't talk about my mama. I was like, what the heck's going on here, girl? (laughs) Okay, never mind. That's sort of the truth, though, isn't it? And so what I want to say is this, is that, watch this, is that sin separates. Would you agree with me that in a, in a, a, a relationship between a parent and a child, if a, if a parent does something horrible to that child, that it separates the relationship. Do you agree with that? Would you agree with that in a marriage, in a marriage when a, when a husband or a wife, that uh, they choose to do something horrible, like have an affair, would you agree that that brings separation? Yeah. Would you agree with that? It brings separation, right? And so let me tell you something. With God, that's exactly what sin does. The reason God hates sin is because it separates you from him. Have you, ever been in, have you ever been talking to someone and then they walk in the other room and they try to talk to you? You ever seen, done that? Like I tried to tell Rhonda, said, I told you that. I'm like, I didn't hear it. I told you that. Come to find out, she'd walked in the other room when she was still saying it. I'm like, honey, I can't hear through the wall. I, I don't do that. I can't do that. I know. Okay, I'm getting in trouble, aren't I? <laughs> don't you tell her. We're friends. But what I want to say this is like when sin comes into your life, it's like a wall is put between you and God, and it separates us from God. And so I want to challenge you today. If you're not a Christ follower today, number is become a Christ follower because you have nothing but sin in your life, and, and it separates you from God. And if there's those of you here today that you're a Christ follower, but there's sin in your life, get it out. Ask God to forgive you so that there won't be any separation. Now, if you're not a Christ follower, we have a prayer inside of our program. It's the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to challenge you. This is what you pray. See, it's not the words on the paper that make the difference. It's the heart. Once you say, when you say, God, I just really feel that I want to do this for you, then that's what changes everything. And Jesus saves your heart and your soul. Amen, everybody? So if you do that, when you do that, just check it on this card. I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you as well. Okay, let's say our uh, statement coming up on the screen, the prayer of Jabez, the end of it. Let's say it. Lord, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. That I may not cause pain. The second thing, how to resist temptation is this, is ask, is this, ask God's help. Ask for God's help. Ask for God's help. It's how you overcome temptation. Now, look at the verse there. Jesus clues us in on the greatest tool you have against temptation. Here it is. Matthew 26, 41. Let's read those first four words together. You ready? Let's read them. Keep watch and pray. Let's say them again. You ready? Keep watch and pray. That's right. In other words, if you don't watch out, it's going to get you. It's going to get you. He says, keep watch and pray so that you will not what? So you will not give in to temptation. If you don't keep watching and pray, you will give in. 
You'll give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So what Jesus was saying was this. Jesus says prayer makes you aware of what's out there. Mm -mm. Oh, you want to hear it again? Oh, yeah. So prayer makes you aware of what's out there. And if you're not aware, it's going to slip up on you. It's going to slip in on you. Now, uh, so through prayer, temptation doesn't slip up on you. You see it coming. How many of you would say you've talked to someone or you yourself have said this, that you know what, I didn't even, I didn't even realize what was happening to me. I mean, I just, caught, I just found myself caught up in this, and I didn't even realize how bad I'd gotten and, and how bad this has happened. Have you ever heard someone say that? Like they would say, you know what? I had no idea. I didn't intend to be, I didn't intend to be here, but I got caught up in it. I got caught up in it with some friends, and, and here I am. And so what I want to tell you is this, is that, listen, prayer makes you aware of what's out there. You see, sin will cost you more than you want to pay. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Amen? Amen. And it'll take you further than you want to go, right? It will. It'll take you down a road you want to go. So prayer makes us aware about that, that what's out there. Now, this is what you need to know. Jesus, the Lord's Prayer. Would you say the Lord's Prayer is a pretty good prayer? Would you say that like it's, it's you know what I'm talking about? It's like, you know, when we used to hear it at funerals and you hear it at weddings at times, it's like, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, right? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then he goes into this last part. I wrote it down. Look what it says here. This is Jesus teaching us how to pray. And look what Jesus said to pray for yourself. Here it is. Look what it says. Matthew 6, 13. The last part of the Lord's Prayer, let's read it together. And do not lead us into, but what? Here we go. Let's read it. But deliver us from evil. Jesus said this, that there is going to be temptation in your life that's going to be so strong that you can't handle it. In other words, there's things that you you are tempted with left by yourself. If God doesn't intervene, you're going to give in to it. Doesn't matter how much you read the Bible. Doesn't matter how much you pray. Doesn't matter how much you go to church. Is that if God doesn't help you, you're done. Jesus said there's temptations like that that's going to come your way. So Jesus said is that you to pray. And listen, I pray the Lord's Prayer every day, and I really lean in on this part. I say, Lord, lead me. Lead me and lead me not into temptation, but you deliver me from that doggone devil. You deliver, deliver me from every plan the devil has, God, from everything that my body wants that you don't want, for everything my mind wants that you don't want. God, deliver me because if you don't help me, God, I'm going to mess this thing up. Right? Now, listen. Now, here's what I got to tell you. Jesus is saying this. You pray. You pray before you're tempted. You pray while you're being tempted, and you pray after you're tempted. Did you hear that? You pray, you pray right now. You pray before. Before you even have a temptation, God, I need your help. That's what Jesus said. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. But you and I both know we're going to get in those moments that when we're tempted and our heart's about to beat out our chest because we're about to do something that's not right, right? Have you ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? Is that we're, we're about to get there. We're about to step over the line, and we just feel the pressure on, and we're about to give in. At that moment, you say, God, I'm struggling right now, Lord. I'm afraid I'm going to give in to this temptation. I need you to be with me. Help me, God, because I'm feeling like I'm going to give in. God hears that prayer. And he hears this prayer. 
after you have given in and you have sinned, you pray after that. And you, this is what you say. You say, God, I did not want to do this. I failed you and I failed myself. And I don't want to ever do this again. And I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me, Father. And when you pray that prayer, he forgives you. Listen, it, you say, well, what if I've done that 10 times? He forgives you. What if that's one my 100th time? He forgives you. If your heart means it, he forgives you, right? Let me tell you something. I have never one time, no matter what my children have done, I have never said, you know what? When they said, Dad, I'm sorry. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt Mom. I'm sorry. I never said, will you get away from me? Don't you ever come and look at me again. Get out of here. What I have said, you can get no more money. <laughs> right? They might not get the blessing, but they still got the relationship. We got to straighten some stuff out. Here's what I want to tell you. The devil will tell you this. Oh, listen to this. Before you're, before you, you know, when, that, when you're being tempted with something, the devil will tell you. You know what? He'll say, oh, that's so little. It doesn't matter. God doesn't care about that. It's so little. You go ahead. Everybody else is doing it. You know, even the, he'll call some Christian names that you think are Christians, and he'll say, well, look, they're doing it too. It's okay. Go ahead. It's all right. Go right ahead. And then you go, hmm, you start thinking. And then you start feeling. And he's like, well, you know what? I guess I will. And then you do it. And as soon as you do it, it's like darkness comes over you. And you feel so dirty and so nasty. And you feel like you want to hide from God. And the devil steps back in your mind and says, how could you do that? If you really was a Christian, you wouldn't do that. And let me tell you something. You think God loves you now? You think God hears your prayer now? No, that's the, that's the 100th time that you've done it. God doesn't care about you anymore, and that's so big. God can never forgive you. That's it. You cross the line, you're done. That's a lie he'll tell you. But let me tell you something. I got news from Jesus Christ. I got news. He said, you know what? If you confess your sins, he is faithful. That means that when, you don't, when you've been unfaithful, you haven't stopped his faithfulness. He is faithful and just and will forgive you and cleanse you from every wrong you've ever done. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Oh, I was dirty before, but now I'm clean. Hallelujah. Oh, I love it. You know why? I love it. Because what I repent of on earth is never repeated again in heaven. Good grief. That's that's good, Pastor. You keep preaching. I will. I sure will. You better believe it. I'll preach. That's right. And so what I want you to know is this. So let's say it on the screen. Let's say it on the screen again. Here we go. Lord, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Okay, the third thing. Here we go. Is let God's love motivate you to use good to overcome evil. Let God's love motivate you. To use your good to overcome evil. I need that, don't you? Amen. Love's got to motivate me yes. to do good. Because I don't always want to do good. Amen. The Bible says this, look, Romans 12, 21, one of my favorite verses. He says, do not let evil defeat you. Instead, what? Conquer evil good. So if you're ever going to overcome evil, you, you can't just say, well, I'm not, oh, uh, See no evil, do no evil, no. See no evil, do no evil, no. You can't do that. You've got to do something. Either evil's going to overtake you or you're going to overtake evil with good. And that's what he says to do. Now, 
Let me say, the problem is the motivation factor. Let love motivate you. Because, listen, if you don't let love motivate you to do good, the only time that you're going to do good is on Christmas and your birthday. That's the only time you want to be good. Well, they might get me something. I'm going to be good, you know. My birthday's coming up. Christmas coming. Oh, yeah. We, we threaten our kids with that, right? Santa's, going, Santa's watching you, boy. You better be good. Okay, yeah, I'll be good. That's why our kids get good about Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. Here's the deal. When you let love motivate you, when you let love motivate you to do good, you do good when you don't feel like doing good. You know what you call that? Adulting. Adulting. That's what you call it. Being an adult. It calls, it's called maturity, right? It, it, it's, it's called character, growing up. Because when you're children, you can throw a temper tantrum anytime, right? You can just scream and pitch a fit. Anytime. They say, oh, that's a child. But what's horrible is to see a 40-year-old child. <laughs> Woo! You ever seen them? Yeah. See them in traffic? Oh, yeah. They throw a fit, right? Flip people off and everything else. <laughs> Walmart. They, you're in line at Walmart. Here they, here they are, cussing the cashier out. You know, can't you go faster? Why are you messing this? And they just throw a fit. Yes. Don't you just want to pull your belt off right yes. there? Come here, let me give you what your daddy forgot to give you. Oh, you're getting a real Jeff today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize, you guys. You know, you could go. I'm sure there's other churches you go to. People got all together. Pastors got all together. I don't. You know, I'm just, I'm just jacked up. I don't have it together. People hit me. I want to hit them back. They cuss me out. I want to say something back. But I have to have the Lord to help me because, you see, see, that's what I, love has to motivate me. If love doesn't motivate me, then I'll never be good. But when love motivates me to be good, I can be good when I don't feel good. That's maturity. Growing up, we've been told by our culture, in order to stay out of trouble, you got to stay busy. Oh, you stay busy. Oh, you keep your kids busy. Just keep them out of trouble. Stay busy. Well, here's the problem with busyness. It, it hasn't worked. It's a fail. It, the experiment has failed. You know why? Because busyness begins to create something inside of us. As a matter of fact, I wrote it down like this. Is that busyness leads to burnout, and burnout leads to emptiness. When you're busy all the time, you burn out, and then you find yourself being empty. And guess what? When you're empty, you're going to fill yourself up with something that's not good. That's where addictions come in. You know, that's where, that's where people get hung up on gaming all the time while they're trying to feel something. That's why drugs come in, because they're trying to feel something. When, 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 all, when we're trying to fill our lives up because we all are so busy, but we're so empty. Why? Because love did not motivate it. It was an expectation of somebody else that maybe motivated that. When love motivates you. See, here's the difference. When love motivates you to do good, to overcome evil, it's fulfilling. That's what God calls ministry. Is when you do something for somebody else because you love God and you love them and you do it to overcome evil. 
When you do that, you overcome evil by doing good. It's called fulfilling. And that's why, listen, a lot of people are unfulfilled because they're not letting love motivate. When love motivates you, that's amazing. When you do something for somebody else, listen, it blesses you. You, you know what I'm talking about? When you do something for somebody else and you do something good, you walk away going, boy, that's, that's good. You, you know what? You're on a high, aren't you? I mean, like, it feels good. That's better than a Rocky Mountain high, isn't it? That's better, that's better than getting you a bottle of Jack. That's better than a Fireball Friday. Oh, I'm getting in your grill now. That's right. I've been reading some of your Facebook. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm getting defriended now, I know. <laughs> oh, that's it. I know now it's over. Oh, Jesus, help me. I want to read another verse to you, and I've got to somehow get out of this. You know, I just love you. I'm sorry, I just love you. I read this verse uh, last week. Look what it says. I read it to you. 1 John 4 and 18 says this. It says, there is no fear in love. Let's read the last part. But perfect love drives out fear. It drives out fear. Last week we said this. When love becomes greater than your fear, you make your move. And I told you the story about, you know, this, uh, this lady, you know, who would not face a mountain lion. But... When her son was attacked by a mountain lion in her backyard, she went out and jumped on top of that mountain lion, beat it until it finally let go of her child. And if you missed that, you can go back and watch it online or listen to it online. And so we said that when, when love becomes great in your fear, you make your move. What I want to tell you something is when love becomes greater, when, when love motivates you to do good, you overcome evil. There's a story that I read about, I don't know, about a month or two ago by a guy by the name of Max Gobber. Max Garber was at, Gobber was in a motorcycle club called Hell's Angels. And he was mean. He was a bad man. I mean, like his own people in, the, in Hell's Angels feared him because he, you know, he'd murdered people. He'd done all kinds of stuff. And one night he was out on a Saturday night. He'd been partying and been, been carousing and causing all kinds of mischief. And he come home, and they lived in California, and there was this, like a section of uh, a place in L.A. that they all sort of congregated and lived in. And Max comes stumbling up on a Sunday morning to the porch of one of, the, one of the other members of the Hell's Angels. And when he did, he saw a piece of paper on the ground. And he picked up that piece of paper, and he was looking at it, and he knocked on the door, and one of his buddies come to the door. He said, what is this? He said, oh, and again, this is in the 70s now. When at the height of racial tension, he said, oh, yesterday, there was an African-American lady that come to the door trying to tell me about this Jesus stuff. He said, and I cussed her out, and I slapped her right in the face and told her to get off my porch. He said, she must have dropped it. Max didn't let go of that paper. He walked into a bedroom. Here he is, the, the most feared man in hell's angels. And he looked at that paper, and he read about the love of God. He said, it was not that paper that changed him. It was the fact that this woman loved. She let love motivate her that she would walk into a very racial tension area and full of hatred and knew that these bikers lived there and she would walk, put her life in danger in order. She would let love motivate her to do good. 
He said, it was that, it was that thought I couldn't, as I looked at that paper, I couldn't get that out of my mind. It kept going, how much she must have loved, how much this lady loved to put her life on the line to tell me about this Jesus. She loved and good, motivated her to do good, to overcome evil. Max never met that lady, but he said that moment, something began to change in his heart. And over the next month, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. He ended up going to jail, served in the prison, served his time in prison. But he come out and he started a great uh, ministry that saved th thousands of people who were saved because of the, his, his work and his giving his life to Jesus Christ. And the only reason he did that is because some woman was bold enough and brave enough to step out into danger and to go over and let her love motivate her to do good in order to overcome evil. And little did she know, God used her to change thousands of lives. Will you take this card out? Will you put this card in your hand? Would everybody do this right now? It's on your program. Would you take it out and put it in your hand? Because I've got a question for you right now. Will you reach the person? Will you walk across? Will you walk across your yard to your neighbor? And will you let love motivate you to do good in order that you might overcome evil? Will you, will you walk across the cafeteria in your middle school, your high school, your college? And will you say, hey, listen, will you come with me to friend day? Will you let love motivate you to do good in order to overcome evil? Will you do that? Will, will, you, will you walk across your office? Will you move around from behind your desk to the next cubicle over? And will you let love motivate you to do good, to overcome evil? Will you do it? Will you do it? Will you, will you? Will you get out of that truck? Will you get off of that dock? Will you go talk to somebody? Will you let love motivate you to do good in order to overcome evil? Will you? This is what this card is all about. Last week, I bought a couple books, and I went to the gym. This guy that I've been talking to, I was a little bit nervous, to be honest with you. He's a big man, and I'm a little man, little, little man. And I said, listen, here's a book. I'd like to do like what we call it. I didn't tell him they're called two or more groups. I said, listen, I'd like to meet with you if you would once a week and discuss the chapters in this book. I didn't tell him I'd done a little video. And I said, I would like to do that. He, and I said, but I'd like for you to come with me on friend day. He said, listen, I'm considering coming on friend day, but I'm not going to meet with you about that book until I read it first. I said, okay. But next week, you know what I'm counting on? I'm counting on you loving him. I'm not, listen, I don't, think my, I don't think my preaching is going to change him. I think when he walks these doors and you love him, I think he's going to be changed. When you, when you do what you do, when you, when you just smile at people, you shake their hands, you say, it's so good to see you. I know he's going to be eat up with love, and he's going to walk out of here and say, Jeff, that was just awesome. And the Holy Spirit of God is going to come in and flood his soul. He's going to give his life to Jesus, and he's going to stand on this stage one day and say, I'm the man. Why? Because love motivates us to do good, to overcome evil. Amen? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, 
That's sccview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.